breaking down what it's going to take for the New Orleans Saints to get a win on Halloween against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And Ricardo LeCompte joins to talk about that Bucks and Saints matchup and the return of Mark Ingram. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints. You are Locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. Whether it's your first time or your next time, don't forget that we're here and available for you free and on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday, and sometimes a little bit of land, yep, on Locked on saints and as many of you know and as many of you have let me know you're upset you're mad i understand i picked the saints not to win this game so we're not going to focus on my prediction we're going to focus on what the new orleans saints have to do to get a win in new orleans that's what we're going to focus on today we'll do offensive uh keys to victory first defensive keys to victory and then we're joined by ricardo lecomte as always today's episode is brought to you by our good friends this time over at McDonald's. They've been uh, serving community since 1965. They're not just a great place to grab an affordable, tasty meal. They are an unofficial community center, and we thank them very much for supporting this podcast. Let's dive into three keys to victory over on the offensive side, like we always do on every Friday. So let's start off on the offense here. Um, Number one, something that we talked about a bit in the crossover episode with uh, David Harrison, which you can find wherever you're listening to the show, go and check out yesterday's episode. It was a lot of fun, actually. David's really great. So one of the things that I really highlighted in that Crossover Thursday episode was about the New Orleans Saints sustaining drives, long, arduous, just sort of run the rock, beat up the defense type drives. Now we saw the Saints put together a 19 play, 10 plus minute uh, long drive. That's the longest drive in both of those metrics so far this season across the entire NFL. I don't think you're going to see another one of those, but we've seen the Saints on multiple occasions put together two, three, four, 10 plus seven, eight, you know, 10 plus play, seven, eight, nine minute drives. I think you're going to need a couple of those, right? That's going to keep that high power Tampa Bay offense on the sideline. That's going to keep you beating up the opposing defense because if you're stringing together those drives, you're winning there and especially in the trenches. And so if you're able to wear down this front seven, this front four of the Tampa Bay defense, that's going to be that's going to pay dividends for you later in the game as long as you continue to beat them up. So those types of opportunities would be really meaningful for the New Orleans Saints extending those drives. We're going to talk with Ricardo Lecomte of WWL TV here in a little bit and he's going to mention this as well, but the Green Bay game, the Green Bay win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has been something that Sean Payton has been really focused on and third down conversions were a big part of that. Now that's not to say that winning early on first and second downs is a bad idea, but whatever it takes to extend those drives the New Orleans Saints last week up against the Seattle Seahawks, two and 13 on third down conversions, not going to be able to play with that type of inefficiency and get a win at home up against Tampa on Halloween. Let's take a look at the second key to victory here, and that's taking advantage of an aggressive man coverage front. Now, look, the New Orleans Saints are going to need a lot of things to go right in this game that haven't gone right so far this season if they want to get a win. And one part of that, of course, is going to be production from these wide receivers and consistent production from the wide receivers. Good news on that front. Uh, you've got Deontay Harris who returned to practice. He's been out since that Washington game left during the Washington game with a hamstring injury, was gone all throughout the bye week, of course, but then also missed the the Monday night game up against Seattle. There's a chance that he returns on Sunday. That would be a huge benefit for the New Orleans Saints. 
Because what are some of the things that beat aggressive man coverage defenses? Mesh concepts, crossing concepts, uh, deep over routes, big uh, post routes down the field. And in order for you to be able to do that, you need to be able to naturally create separation with these wide receivers, which has been a bit of an issue so far this year. But if you have the speed of Deontay Harris, if you have the speed of Kenny Stills, they can more naturally create separation by simply running faster than the other guy. And remember, there's no Carlton Davis. There's no Sean Murphy bunting. You've got a 30 plus year old Richard Sherman that is a zone defender playing in a very, very, very heavy man scheme. And then you also have a you know, young undrafted guy in uh, D Delaney that might play. You have a Jamel Dean that's getting a little healthier, but is still going to be hampered. So you, you have some opportunities here to really be able to exploit some of these uh, young or ill-fit cornerbacks and, and the secondary in Tampa. But in order for you to be able to do that, you got to have the time. So that's where the interior pressure becomes something to really pay attention to. Uh, and Dominican Sue did not practice on Wednesday, but he was back to full participation on Thursday. Expect him to play. Jason Pierre-Paul has been hampered so far this season, has been dealing with some injuries. He has been on that injury report as well. We'll see if he's able to play. But regardless, the New Orleans Saints, they just lost Andrus Pete presumably for the rest of the season, although it's not been entirely made official yet, but it's it's a pec injury. He's getting surgery. He's pretty much out for the season. So you have a young Calvin Throckmorton playing at left guard. You have Eric McCoy just making his return for the second game in a row at center. Cesar Ruiz making his return to the right guard position for only the second full game so far this season. So interior offensive line uh, protection is going to be really important because you're going to need time for those long crossing routes to be able to develop and for Jameis Winston to be able to take advantage of those. So you're going to need that separation from the receivers. You're going to need that interior pressure, some things that haven't been great for the New Orleans Saints so far this season, but hopefully this is the time that you're going to see all of it come together. And then finally, number three, key to victory over the offensive side, we're going to talk a little bit about Mark Ingram. So New Orleans Saints trade to acquire and bring back Mark Ingram, reunited and it feels so good. He's coming back. He's going to be ready for spooky season. According to Sean Payton, he's saying that he, there is absolutely a chance that he is going to play which is still kind of, you know, maybe he might play, maybe he won't, but it feels very much like it. He doesn't have to clear any type of protocols because he was already on an NFL team. He'll pass his physical. It's the only reason why the the team or the, the trade hasn't been made official, hasn't gone across a transaction wire yet. Just got to New Orleans on Thursday. He'll be eligible to practice on Friday today as you're watching this, more than likely you're listening to this. So it, there should be nothing standing in the way of Mark Ingram getting out on the field. And he knows the system, right? He's a zone run guy. He knows the zone scheme. He was running in. He was running those outside zones, those trap plays. He was running all that before Alvin Kamara was around. Alvin Kamara came back, took it all to another level. So I think you're still going to see Alvin Kamara be the focal point of this offense. It's not like all of a sudden Mark Ingram is going to come in and take over a bunch of snaps, but you would like to see 25 to 30 snaps from Mark Ingram. If you look at Latavius Murray's usage over the last two seasons before he departed, you saw only really a couple of games in which he had more than 30 snaps in games that Alvin Kamara was fully available. Now, there were games like the Arizona Cardinals game two years ago, the, the Chicago Bears game uh, two years ago, where he had like 60 plus snaps. That's because Alvin Kamara wasn't there. The Jacksonville game a couple of years ago, where Alvin Kamara got hurt. And then, of course, you had three games last year where you, know, you didn't have Drew Brees. You were running. You were very run heavy. You also had that weird Broncos game where you're playing. It's a wide receiver at quarterback. So those games that were under specific circumstances, you can find some of those in the 30s, some of them well above the 30s. But when Alvin Kamara was available, you really only saw one game fully that Latavius Murray had 30 or more snaps. Other than that, it was like 28 or less. And I think that that's about the range you're going to see Mark Ingram or want to see Mark Ingram get involved. So I would say the sort of sweet spot for Mark Ingram is between 25 to 30 snaps. 
however many touches he gets out of that. Just needs to be more than what you've seen from other running backs over the course of the last couple of weeks, which by the way is essentially two. You saw um, uh, Devon Zigbo get one run for minus three yards and then one catch for a you know modest amount of yards back to back. And that was it. That's the only time he touched the ball in Seattle. Other than that, 30 touches for the second time in Alvin Kamara's career on Monday night football. The other thing that's going to help you do in terms of spelling Alvin Kamara a little bit, giving him a little bit of a breath and keeping him fresh, it's going to help to change up the run game a little bit and change the point of attack. The Saints have been very heavy between the left guard and the center. Now with Mark Ingram, you can kind of attack more between the tackles in a variety of different places. And of course, you can still run those outside zone concepts with Mark Ingram like they like to run with Alvin Kamara. Now, remember, every outside zone concept gives you three options. You can bang back, you can bounce outside, or you, or you can bend or you can bend it back, basically, and take it all the way back around. So it still gives you the opportunity to attack up the middle, but it's a little bit more about vision and making the read. Both Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram very good there. And it frees up Alvin Kamara a bit for the passing game. Should be a ton of fun watching these guys be back together again as well. So, you know, I, I don't want to discount just by talking about what Mark Ingram brings back to the field because he brings back a ton to the sideline, to the locker room, all of that as well. All right. That's what needs to go right over on the offensive side for the New Orleans Saints to win. As always, love getting into some extra points, as we like to call them here. So if you have extra points in terms of what the offense needs to do, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola, or you can drop them in the comments on YouTube. Next, we're going to take a look at the defense, pressure on Tom Brady, all these other things. What is it going to take for the New Orleans Saints to rattle Tom Brady and slow down this Tampa Bay offense? We'll talk about that and much more as we continue on with our Keys to Victory episode here on today's episode of Locked On. Saints. But first, don't forget today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by McDonald's. They've probably been serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get affordable, delicious food. They have been a place where families can go and reconnect. Doesn't matter if it's a place for your classmates, a study group, if you're looking for some dependable Wi-Fi. It doesn't matter if it's win or lose, home or away, classmates or competitors. It is a great place to go refuel and recharge. And the place that you're always looking forward to stopping on long road trips and all that. Hey, look, if the New Orleans Saints get a win, I'll probably be stopping at McDonald's, apple pie coming in clutch, McFlurry coming in clutch, French fries coming in clutch. So head to your local McDonald's, refuel and reconnect. And if you want to, you can check out maybe some Locked on Saints while you're there because of that Wi-Fi. So check them out. McDonald's, our good friends. Always appreciate what they're doing here for the show. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. I'm loving it. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. And as always, once again, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We got you covered with everything you need here for the New Orleans Saints here on Locked on Saints. But don't forget that trade deadline show is coming up. Are the New Orleans Saints going to make a trade for a wide receiver before the trade deadline? November 2nd, we're going to have you covered. 3 p.m., 5 p.m. Eastern time on the Locked on NFL YouTube channel. We're going to be talking about the trade deadline as well as a second half preview as well. So lots of fun stuff coming up for that. So make sure you go and subscribe to Locked On NFL when you get a moment. So let's go ahead and talk about the defense here for the New Orleans Saints. This is a big time opportunity for this New Orleans Saints defense. They've been so good all season. Now, this is the opportunity for them to, pro to prove that they are indeed the real deal. Now, I believe they're the real deal. If you're watching the show, you're probably a Saints fan. You probably believe that they're the real deal, but they still have some people to prove otherwise. And I think that this could be a really good opportunity for them to do so. So what are the New Orleans Saints? What will the New Orleans Saints defense have to do to A, be able to help this team get a win on Sunday, but also prove that they're the real deal? 
Well, let's start with pressure. Pressure on Tom Brady is going to be a big, big, big part of this game. Tom Brady is absolutely on fire so far this season. And he is absolutely slinging it. He's leading the NFL right now in passing attempts, passing completions, passing yardage, and passing touchdowns with 21. And he's only been sacked nine times. So they're not getting a lot of pressure on Tom Brady. That offensive line is playing well. And there is a little bit of a difference when Tom Brady is under pressure versus when he is not. He's only been under pressure for 22.4% of his dropbacks. So pretty good there if you're if you're Tom Brady. Uh, he has completed only 31 of 61 passes, so just over 50%, but he's got a six touchdown to one interception ratio there. So, eh, you know what I mean? So you got to be able to not only get pressure on him, you got to get home. And that has been something that has been a little bit of a problem for the New Orleans Saints so far this season, except maybe we saw the turning point of that on Sunday against the Seattle Seahawks. They came into that game with eight sacks, the Saints defense did, left with 13. They moved from the bottom of the NFL right around the middle of the NFL. Not bad. And now that's, that was with the return of Marcus Davenport, a phenomenal game from Demario Davis. Now you get David on Yamada back in this one. And then all of a sudden you might be talking. So let's take a look at last week with the new, uh, last week, excuse me, last season with the New Orleans Saints. Week one, three sacks, 13 pressures against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They ended up winning that game. But again, not a ton of pressures, only 13, but three sacks in that game. Very important. Uh, it, when it came to the big blowout, 38 to three, 30 pressures and three sacks in that game. So still got to him only three times, but got a ton of pressure on him, had him scramble all over the place, had him making some bad decisions and then sort of, you know, launching up some passes for a guy who has really been a thorn in his side, uh, who was a thorn in his side all of last season was Marcus Williams. That was a big part of what Marcus Williams was able to do really well. As for the playoff loss, only nine pressures and one sack in that one. So you can't end up with that in this game. Uh, and interior pressure is going to be a big part of that because you can get the immediate pressure on him again, as we talked about over the course of this week, that is really effective against veteran quarterbacks who aren't looking to step up in the pocket, things like that. This guy's still, I mean, he's still playing, but he is in his forties. He ain't the most mobile guy in the world. So if you can disrupt up the middle and create the immediate interior pressure up against, you know, Ali Marpet and, and, and these other guys and Ryan Jensen, who just might be one of the dirtiest players in the NFL, but I digress you end up being able to really throw him off of his base and therefore get the opportunity to take advantage of what might come from that. So that interior pressure, getting pressure on Tom Brady, all that very important. Uh, key number two over on the defensive side, this is this is going to sound really like, duh, Ross, but hear me out. Winning the turnover margin. Yeah, I know. You want to win the turnover margin in every game, but this has been particularly beneficial for the New Orleans Saints up against the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. You saw an entire change in tune over the course of the sweeping them over the, the, the regular season and then the loss in the playoff game, right? Six and two in terms of the regular season turnover margin. The Saints won that. They were on the better side of that. Oh, to four in the playoffs. Saints turned the ball over four times in that game and had no takeaways at all. You can't repeat that situation here up against Tampa in week eight of the regular season. You're just not going to win that way, right? You can't give the ball away more than you end up taking the ball away. Now, the Saints have done a good job generating turnovers against this offense in the past. They should be able to do it again, but it's going to come down to what our key number three is, and this we're going to spend a little bit of extra time on. Marshall Lattimore, Demario Davis, Marcus Davenport, the return of David Onyemata, this kind of feels like what we talked about last week with Corbin Smith and our uh, for Locked On Seahawks, our Seahawks and Saints crossover. The defensive stars need to be stars in this one. You need Marshawn Lattimore at the top of his game up against Mike Evans. You need Paul Sinadibo at the top of his game against Chris Godwin. You need CJ Garner-Johnson being disruptive. You need Demario Davis being that 
quarterback on the defense that is able to outplay the quarterback on the offense. You need all of that. And then the return of David Onyemata, Marcus Davenport having another big game, Cam Jordan continuing to step up, Marcus Williams playing really well. Like the New Orleans Saints have the personnel, y'all. They absolutely have the personnel and the talent over the defensive side. This is just not going to be an easy matchup, right? And that's all that I, that's, that's the biggest takeaway for me is that this is not the easy matchup for the New Orleans Saints. This is the test. This is the things that, like we said, on the offensive side, things that haven't gone right so far this season need to go right. For on the defensive side, it's an opportunity to really prove who and what this New Orleans Saints defense is. You're talking about going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now who are uh, number three in the NFL in terms of points scored with 233. Meanwhile, the New Orleans Saints sit at 140 points scored. That puts them 17th in the NFL. Now, they're scoring points and they're limiting points as well. They're only allowing 101 points so far this season. That's third best in terms of scoring defense. So the defense has the names. They have the talent. They have the scheme that works. They're going to continue to be exotic with these blitzes, finding ways to shuffle up where pressure is coming from. They've done a good job with that over these last couple of weeks as they started to add that into their system. Now you get David Onyemata in there who can rush from the edge, who can rush from inside. You get another you know versatile piece on your defensive line, and that becomes a really, really big deal for New Orleans. So look, can the New Orleans Saints win this game? Absolutely. Does a lot need to go right for them to do it? Yes. But does a lot need to go right for any team to win? Absolutely. That's part of winning. Things go right. So can it happen for the New Orleans Saints? Absolutely. And I know this New Orleans Saints fan base, the Houdat Nation, everybody, the Houdat faithful would love to see this win happen at home. And let's not forget, I haven't talked about it at all, but let's not forget that this is a Jameis Winston revenge game here up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I think we'd all love to see a win here. Let's see if the Saints can find a way to pull it off. We're going to talk more about this matchup as well as the return of Mark Ingram as well. We got to talk about it. What does Mark Ingram bring back to this New Orleans Saints team? Ricardo LeCompte of WWL-TV is here to talk all about it and preview a little bit more of this Saints and Bucks matchup. Before we get to all that, want to talk about Built Bar, our good friends over at Built.com. They got you covered on everything that you're looking for when it comes to the best tasting protein bars on the market. And right now, throughout the month of November, they're going to be rotating a bunch of different flavors every three or four days, limited edition flavors. Right now, there's actually a new flavor reveal as I record this that's coming up. They're going to be switching from Paranormal Pumpkin to something we don't even know yet. It's happening at midnight as I'm recording this. So make sure that you go and check them out at Built.com so you can stay up to date with everything going on with your favorite and the most incredible best tasting protein bars out there. Six, seven grams of sugar. Then you're talking about 17, 18 grams of protein, 130 to 180 calories. There's just no beating these. And to make it even better, I'm going to help you get 15% off of your first order or your next order. It doesn't even matter how many times you've been there. Just use the promo code LOCKED15 at checkout so you can get 15% off. Go and check them out. Best days of protein bars on the market. You can get them at built.com. All right, everybody, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. We're a little late on our WWL Wednesday this week, so we'll call it WWL Wednesday on Friday. We got Ricardo LeCompte at TV on Twitter. Thanks so much for joining us again, Ricardo. How you doing? I'm doing good, Ross. How are you? Oh, very good. Very excited about this matchup coming up for the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about Mark Ingram, the New Orleans Saints reuniting with the former New Orleans Saints running back in a trade, according to Tom Pelissero, as well as Ian Rappaport of NFL Network, bringing him back uh, from the Houston Texans. How do you feel like Mark Ingram could potentially factor into this Sunday's matchup as Sean Payton seems pretty convinced that it's absolutely a possibility that he'll hit the field? 
yeah, if Sean Payton says it's it's absolutely that he may show up on Sunday, I think he is. And and, and the Saints kind of need um, another guy to just kind of handle the, the load that Alvin Kamara currently is on. In that game against Seattle, he had 30 touches, 20 rushes, 10 receptions. And there's just a workload that over time Alvin Kamara just simply can't do. I mean, you've got to manage his touches. And this is a good right. way to bring back a guy who knows the system. Uh, and, and it was funny when they were kind of telling the story, Sean Payton was in terms of, hey, you know, we kind of explored to see if this was even an option. We initially didn't because of the way he was being utilized there in Houston and mm -hmm. all of a sudden kind of things and dominoes fell into effect. And then all of a sudden there he is. Uh, you get somebody who just gives him some depth. I mean, you thought you could rely on Tony Jones Jr. He's hurt. Uh, Dwayne Washington is hurt. So you just need to find somebody. Uh, I know uh, a Zigbo was somebody that they wanted to depend on, but I don't think he's a guy long-term that could be a backup to Alvin Kamara. So bring in someone like Mark Ingram and you know who the happiest person is in that locker room. It is oh, Alvin yeah. Kamara. Without and I cannot wait for their post game. We're putting the ski mask <laughs> back on talking, you know, one another, like doing interviews together. But I, I think this is just a smart move, not only for that camaraderie and that and that friendship being reunited, but more importantly, the Saints needed that depth, that running back, because it was seriously lacking if you expect Alvin Kamara to have at least 30-plus touches each game. It's just simply not sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at their top rushers in terms of rushing yards so far this season, Alvin Kamara at the top, then it's Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill. Then you got Tony Jones Jr. there, followed by Ty Montgomery, who's mostly been playing wide receivers so far this season. So that running back room has not had the depth that it's needed. Now you get somebody that's familiar with the scheme coming in, knows the zone run scheme, knows how to run these trap runs and be able to uh, kind of spell Alvin Kamara a little bit, who's second in the NFL right now in terms of touches per game. Now, as we look at this uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers game, the reigning Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers coming to New Orleans. Let's look at the Saints defense. What do they need to do to rattle Tom Brady and to try to limit this very high powered offense that Tampa is going to be bringing into the Caesar Superdome this weekend? Well, if you look back at those two wins that they had in the regular season, one of the factors was that they forced that offense into turnovers. And, and mm -hmm. you can particularly think of that Sunday night game earlier in that 2020 season where they had those, those interceptions uh, and, and really disrupted Tom Brady. And the only way you're really going to force that pressure, force those interceptions and those mistakes is to get pressure on Tom Brady. Here's a guy who likes clean pockets. And it's not so much the edge rushing that you need. I know the Saints got about five, what, five sacks against Seattle, mm -hmm. even though they've been lacking in that pass rush. It's really the interior, that push. And guys like Brady don't like it when people are around or, or that line is being pushed back into them. That pressure comes directly right. into their face. So a guy who could be very instrumental in providing that pressure will be David Onyemata. He's back from that six-game suspension. They need somebody on that interior of that defensive line to have that pressure up front and disrupt Brady. If they're able to do that and disrupt him and just put some pressure on Tom Brady, I think the Saints can can make it uh, make it a game. But if Tom Brady's sitting back there and he's throwing darts to all the number of weapons, if we're seeing – uh, the run game get in, in, into effect. And we see Leonard Fournette go off and, and do his thing. Mm -hmm. It's going to be very hard for the Saints to keep up, especially because that offense isn't scoring at the clip like it was uh, a few seasons ago when they're facing Tampa Bay. They got to keep it close with the defense, but it starts with getting pressure and braiding. I think David Onyemata can provide that. Absolutely. 30 pressures by the Saints defense in that 38-3 to victory. The playoff loss, only nine by the Saints defense. So I completely agree. That is a huge key for them. Now let's flip the script as we wrap up here. Saints offense up against the Tampa defense. The Saints bring back Mark Ingram, but haven't done anything yet to address the wide receiver position. Hopefully getting Deontay Harris back. He was elevated to limited on Thursday's injury report. What do the New Orleans Saints need to do on offense up against this Tampa Bay defense? 
Well, let's see. We had Alvin Kamara with 30 touches, so maybe he has to upgrade it to 40 because at this point, especially in the passing game, they need somebody to step up and just help Jameis Winston out. And maybe that is a Marquez Callaway, who I think kind of we, – we saw some flashes there against Seattle uh, in terms of, mm-hmm. uh, of him being a receiver that, that Jameis can rely on because I think if you're going to rely on Alvin Kamara to be the receiver, be the guy that's going to be the guy kind of turning that passing game, you could be in trouble. Um, especially if he's got to carry the workload, not only there, and, but also in the run game. But you bring back Mark Ingram, so maybe you have a little leniency there. But one of these wide receivers has to step up for the Saints uh, in order to just keep them on the field. One of the other key stats was the uh, uh, when you look back, uh, and I remember Sean Payton was talking about this in terms of the only loss that Tampa Bay suffered this year was against the Rams. And one of the numbers he looked at was third down conversion by the Rams. And I think they were like 10 to 15 on third down in that game, which contributed to the to that to that only loss that Tampa suffered in, in the game. The Saints has to, have to sustain drives. And we know that's the formula all season for the Saints. So 14, 15, 16 play drives. Mm-hmm. It involves converting some of those third downs. Well, they're going to be in third downs probably in this game where they're going to require Jameis Winston to make throws. Those receivers have to come up with those catches. They're able to do that. Some of these receivers step up, then they have a good chance of winning. Absolutely. This uh, Tampa Bay defense, one of the best at limiting time of possession per drive, only two minutes and 27 seconds on average. Saints are going to have to be sure to extend those drives like we saw. Hey, they put it together last week, right? They had the 19 play, 10 plus minute drive. They can get you're not going to get that over all the time. But if you can get some yeah. of those double digit uh, drives together in this game, two or three of those, that absolutely helps you out in keeping that offense off the field and in that cold Caesar Superdome air conditioning too. So you want to keep them yeah. keep chilled out a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Ricardo, always a pleasure to have you here. Make sure you check out Ricardo and the rest of the WWL TV team. You can follow Ricardo on Twitter at TV. We appreciate you coming through, buddy. Yeah, anytime, Ross. All right, family, not done yet. Going to be keeping you up to date with everything going on in terms of roster moves, practice squad elevations, all that on Saturday. Might be a shorter episode, but want to make sure you get that information ahead of Sunday's matchup. Uh, Let me know if you're going to the Pels game Friday night. I'll be there. Let me know if you're going to be at the Tulane game on Saturday. I'm going to be there. Then, of course, let me know if you're going to be at that Saints game. I'll be up in the press box. Would love to say hi to folks as well. So feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A, or of course, you can let me know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go and check out the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock, Matt Williamson, everything you need to know, the inside perspective on the NFL every day, 30 minutes or less. Fantastic show. So go and check them out. And as always, for everything in between, make sure you hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.